Welcome to Gamers Cafe, guys, where I bring you all the PC gaming news that you need to know and I need to talk about because it's fun to talk about and discuss and fight and do all the things that gamers love to do is be very passionate about their gaming. All right, let's get into it. All right, Paragon has patched with a new character called Grim.exe. Yes, apparently they like to use the .exe. E because it's part of gaming and that's how you launch applications, but it's interesting that they're actually using it as a type of a name. However, the character is more uh, robotic or robot based, so it, it sounds pretty uh, good choice or a really good choice for a name, but it's still very interesting. He has a diff different types of uh, abilities and this is more for high damage on characters. Uh, I've played a little bit of Paragon, and it's, it's an interesting game. Uh, Epic has said that they are going to a more of a free-to-play model than an actual big release, so they're not really doing that anymore, which is kind of heartbreaking because they made really good games, and they don't really need to go away that quickly. Oh, come back, Epic. I want you to make really great AAA games again. Maybe not another Gears of War, but something. It'd be, it'd be great. Anyways, that is what the new character is in Paragon. It is an interesting game. Uh, it's very Dota 2 in a way, or League of Legends in a way. Uh, more closely keen to Smite because as a third person you uh, click your button to shoot things and you have abilities. So it's even more closely to that except it's not about gods it's about their own type of characters like i said it's a very unique way of doing things and it should be an interesting addition to the moab type genre uh is this ever going to get old maybe a little bit because there are a lot of different games out there now but we will see if it ever gets old all right ea has announced when titanfall 2 is going to come out and it's coming out the third quarter of this fiscal year and that means it's coming out around the same time as Battlefield 1. Now Battlefield 1 is Battlefield in World War 1. Titanfall is in the future so it will most closely be up against Call of Duty more because Call of Duty is going way into the future with spaceships and flying ships and more explodey things uh, as opposed to Battlefield 1 not even thinking about space and just thinking about mustard gas and big artillery shells and battleships bombarding the the land so it should be interesting yes it's great that the first person genre is so varied now it's a really great thing because it really needed that really needed that injection of different types of genres or subgenres into the first person shooter uh genre that was a lot of genres saying genre uh but like i said before it's great to see that ea has said that it's not really concerned about it going up against battlefield one because of the diversity or the variedness of the customer and the first person shooter genre i tend to agree about that a little bit more variedness however it doesn't mean that there won't be a stiff competition especially when you start to release them all in november october and december or May, because seriously, every game developer this year decided May was the great month to deliver everything. And God, No Man's Sky 
comes out next month, which I will be reviewing as well because it looks like a very fun game and so many hours are going to be plunged into that one. Alright, speaking about first-person shooters and space games, Star Wars Battlefront 2 will be released 2017. Now, EA has said that they were going to be releasing Star Wars games every year. That does not mean they're going to be releasing Star Wars Battlefront games every year. There is a difference. They will not be releasing Star Wars Battlefront game every year, as to the reasoning is that Battlefront's coming out in 2017. The uh, Star Wars Battlefront came out in 2015, so there's a two-year gap between that. Now, there are going to be a lot of Star Wars games coming out in the three to four year, uh, but they will not be Star Wars Battlefront all the time. So those are you going, Rah, I need to be angry at something because Call of Duty is old and it's no boring to get me mad at. So let's be mad at Star Wars Battlefront and EA because, uh, granted, I didn't like Star Wars Battlefront that much either. It was very shallow. It was fun to feel like you're in Star Wars, but after a while, that feeling was like, let me, I've seen everything, done everything, because you only had four maps to begin with. So, in a way, it's great that they're not shoveling or pushing or making all these Star Wars Battlefront 2 games every year. But a new Star Wars movie every year and a Star Wars game every year is going to get... It's going to be Star Wars Explosion. I might even actually get sick of Star Wars, which wouldn't be that surprising because that's just a lot of Star Wars. Alright, also on the Star Wars Battlefront news, Star Wars Battlefront Outer Rim DLC is free this weekend, so if you haven't played it in a while like me and want to jump back in to see the DLC you can see you can play it for free this weekend and only this weekend um speaking of marketing and business wise this isn't really a very good indicator that the game is doing well because usually you don't really see this until two years or beyond when they start to you know give you free stuff away I'm talking about Battlefield 4 and their free DLC they gave away and Battlefield Hardline but that one did a lot worse. Battlefield 4 still played a lot. But Battlefront is not, especially for the PC side. It, I've kind of seen some numbers, not sure it's, it's actually true, but it's less than 10,000 uh, gamers playing at peak, which is not a good thing. That means it's going to be very hard to find games, and I'm pretty sure people are just kind of tired of it already because, I mean, after a while, after I'd say about 30 hours, You've kind of done everything, you've unlocked everything, and there's not really much you can do. And that's the sad part because I like Star Wars, but like the movie, it's just very shallow. Zing. Alright. Now Battlefield 1 is only gonna be digital only on PC in North America. That's right, there's gonna be no box version whatsoever so if you were looking for that box version of the newest battlefield game you are just going to be disappointed only in north america everywhere else doesn't really matter apparently north america yeah you don't really get it um but i mean this is the sign of the times because pc gamers don't really go and buy the box anymore it's kind of uh it's kind of a thing. However, the problem is, is that a lot of places in America don't have the best data speeds. Plus, with the data caps, it's not going to be very good for them. So, uh, I think EA is kind of um, maybe 
you know, pushing the boundaries a little bit and maybe trying to do a very business sounded move, but it doesn't seem like a very good idea because those that actually don't have unlimited data for their internet connection could pass up the game because they don't want to spend most of their data trying to download this game. It, it is very unfortunate and Comcast, you suck. I always like to put that in there every once in a while because it's Comcast and they do suck. Always. I don't think they've ever have been that good anyways. They're just a big business that only cares about money and not the customer. And unfortunately, for right now, no one else is competing with them very well. Maybe Google will. Alright, my Windows 10 people, the people that actually don't hate Windows 10, which is probably a majority more than a minority, because the minority is usually the most vocal. Well, the Windows 10 Universal Windows platform has had a crucial update that allows you to unlock frame rates, toggle V-Sync, and get more out of your G-Sync and FreeSync monitors. Yay! I mean, most of you probably don't have the G-Sync or the FreeSync monitors. What that is, instead of using V-Sync, it's actually built in with, with it in the monitor, so the refresh rate will actually be a little bit more in line, and you won't really have those frame rate drops. It's actually pretty cool tech. Uh, for that matter, but this is really a step in the right direction for uh, Microsoft now if it actually will be popular is another thing because we all remember Windows Games Live uh, I think it's what it was called, but the much maligned and much hated uh, Version that they actually discontinued We all still remember that so Microsoft we know we have long memories and so if you don't make this thing good We'll let you know and I don't know how popular it's going to be. It could be popular, especially if you try to make us play it, play games through it, which if you want to play Quantum Break, you have to play it through Windows. There's no other option, unfortunately, which is very sad because I'd rather just use Steam more the other five of them that I have to use. Look at you, EA and Ubisoft, especially you two, because you two are the worst, especially Ubisoft. You play. Oh, I bought it on Steam. Well, you have to, you know, download the game, launch it through Steam, then launch it through Uplay just to play the game. And I'm like, eh, why do you have to do extra steps for it? Yeah. It's not very good. But yeah, it should be interesting to see how uh, the Windows, Universal Windows platform will actually shape up. Uh, some game developers, Tim Sweeney in particular, have been vocal against it, saying it basically... Uh, Makes it more proprietary, not as open, all that other fun stuff that we all hate. So we will see. It could fail utterly. We, I don't know yet. I'm not in favor or against it. I'm always in the middle, nine times out of ten, unless it's about you know limiting speech. Then I'm always against it. But uh, it's in the right. It's in the right step for these types of options, especially for unlocking frame rates, which is a really great thing, and uh, toggling VSync because sometimes you just need to toggle it off to save those frame rates. It can be bad. All right, as we all know, Lionhead Studios is no more, and there has been reports about well, just Microsoft not really caring about it. Microsoft making them not make Fable 4 and go into the free-to-play model and then shelling out $75 million to make this almost done, pulling the plug, and then them trying to actually shop 
to uh, sell the developer off, but not allowing the buyers to actually use the Fable IP and then dispending. It's it's a very murky, muddy little story, and it's sad because I like Lionhead 2, or liked, I should say. Love Black and White and Black and White 2. First two Fables were good. Never played 3, thank God, because apparently really wasn't that good. Uh, was interested to see what the free-to-play one was going to be all about, but since they decided to pull it, can't say it anymore. Um, it's interesting to see that Peter Molinex really wasn't, well, he wasn't really that involved with it, and he kind of would give very vague things. Like, you'd come in, and they're trying to make Fable and say, the hero's a dog, and it dies. There you go. Just make a game. And so he you would just leave after that and you would be like what does that even mean i mean your head yeah i so it was interesting to to read about how lionhead came about was it was peter's studio but eventually he was just doing too many things that he just kind of went this is what it is the dog dies you have a dog and it dies so make something out of this and then your boys are like uh, that's the worst way to make a story game or anything like that else. Apparently, Peter does know that he is, well, quote-unquote, as the quote says, he's basically a dick, uh, which is kind of funny to see. But, yeah, it's sad to see that Microsoft actually didn't want them to make Fable 4, and then trying to push it to make it just never worked. Uh, it's sad to see them go. I like the studio. I think the studio was great. Made some really great games, some not so great games, but still in the end, Black and White and Black and White 2 will always have a special place in my heart because it was a fun game. All right, Micron is starting to mass produce the new GDDR5X memory for graphics cards. It's supposed to be one of the fastest ones out there for GPUs, and that's really what we all care about is fastness of it it's supposed to be in or going to be in the new nvidia uh, geoforce gtx 1080 graphics uh which is going to come out in june but what is interesting is that micron was ahead of schedule and so they were already going to mass produce it now what the gd GDDR5X actually has is has a 256 memory bus with 8 gigs of quad data rate. Uh, that means it's about 10 gigabytes per second for 320 gigs of memory bandwidth, which is pretty big, pretty fast too. Uh, as opposed to the high memory, the high bandwidth memory, which uh, AMD actually uses or HBM2. That's what Pascal's going to go with. Now, the fight between AMD and NVIDIA is always going to be AMD is better. NVIDIA is better. AMD is better again. NVIDIA is better again. And so on and so forth. I do kind of like AMD a little bit more, even though I do have an uh, NVIDIA card right now. I had an AMD before, only because they've open sourced their software for their graphics card so it makes it easier for developers you know tinker around with it open sourcing it is always this is the rage right now but it's always a better way of you know making better upgrades for it and seeing what the community can come up with uh for nvidia they they close it off pretty good uh now they they give developers like middleware but unfortunately like hairworks or physics x 
uh, AMD cards cannot use it, so you always have to turn it off because it's not optimized for it, and you can't optimize for it, it kind of sucks. Uh, so there are pros to cons to everything. Uh, AMD doesn't use a lot more power. That's the, that's the downside is the power consumption is quite high. NVIDIA is usually pretty low power consumption, which is actually pretty good. Uh, so you always have those balancing acts of figuring out which ones the pros to cons. Sometimes or usually AMD cards are cheaper, but that's not always the case. Like I said, that always depends. But like I said, the better cards is always really depending on taste. I could care less either way. I like both companies. NVIDIA obviously is the, the top tier company as they call themselves. But like I said, I don't really mind either one. To be honest with you. All right, this is not really gaming news, but it's close to gaming news. But we're gonna go with it anyways, or I'm gonna go with it anyways. You're just gonna have to listen. Western Digital is finally cleared to buy Sandisk. Now, what this means, especially for gamers, is that more SSDs are gonna come flow, floating out. Uh, hopefully, we'll also make them a lot cheaper. Um, they aren't that cheap. Uh, you can get mechanical hard drives a lot cheaper than you can get SSDs right now. Some, depending on how much memory you get, uh, they can be pretty cheap depending on who you buy too. But that also that also uh, depends too because some companies have better fail rates than others or less fail rates than others. So you always have to research it because fail rates suck. I just have my hard drive crash on me last night it was clicking like crazy and the sound was driving me nuts oh oh it was terrible uh but anyways back to this it's good it's gonna be interesting to see uh especially a flood of more ssds come out high capacity ssds too uh this could be a great thing for gamers especially since ssds always load things faster uh they're a lot better in some regards than mechanical but mechanical always has the bigger memory right now but ssds are catching up i foresee probably in five to ten years that you're probably all mostly going to buy ssds uh, just because they're a lot slimmer extremely slimmer and then just a lot faster to boot up. I mean, the only the wear and tear on it is the writing. The reading you can do as much as you want. The writing is what wears and tears the SSD. So you got to be careful about that too. Uh, that is the only problem with uh, SSDs. Now with mechanicals, it's usually just both writing and reading it because it it's always spinning. And when you're spinning and going into that hard drive, you're wearing and tearing it. Now, usually hard drives you can get about 10 years usually out of them depending on which company you get some companies are better at fail rates than others so always check uh from what i've seen hitachi's actually pretty good or uh western digital's not that great toshiba's not bad seagate is doing better but could do, be doing a lot better with their fail rates but always check fail rates uh all right, Asus expanding their arsenal of motherboards uh, with the X99 motherboards that gonna be using Broadwell-E. That's right, the newest and latest and greatest for Intel, because Broadwell is more Intel. Uh, so you're gonna have a price range of the Asics X99-E with 219. The Asics X99-A2 is gonna be 250. Uh, Asics X99 Dash Deluxe 2 is 419 and the gaming one, the Strix, 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 
I don't know why I said it that way. Strix, Rock Strix, 99. Gaming is 339. Uh, now, as always, gamers are going to go for the gaming one. Uh, the reason why it's a little bit higher is because it adds another PCI-E 3.0 slash 2.0 uh, 16 slot and has 3.1 uh, USB port as well as two features two GB uh, LAN ports which is great and upgrades the Wi-Fi to the 3x3 three three, uh, configurations so that's why it's gonna be a little bit more expensive as all gaming uh, motherboards are always gonna give you a little bit more especially in the gaming sector wise of another uh, PCI-E, because that's what we need. We need those PCI-E ports so we can put more graphics card in. Yay, graphics cards! Woo! Graphics are fun, especially when they explode everywhere. All right. Well, this isn't really gaming, but it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> Apparently, the Russia Embassy in UK the thought that, well, uh, Command Conquer's general game was uh, a threat to, well, people. It said that extremists near Apello received several truckloads of chemical ammo. And it was a game. The picture is a game from Command Conquer's general. You can see that it's a video game by the picture. It doesn't look very closely I mean, if you're mistaken by this, that's kind of sad. But it's funny how sometimes the news organizations get it completely wrong and use video games to kind of, you know, tell these, like, horrific stories. And you're like, that that's a game. That's not real life. I don't know if you know this, but games in real life don't usually, you know, mend together. Usually people can tell unless you're crazy. But, yeah, kind of funny. Oh no, have dump trunks of chemical ammo. Help us. Hey, Russia Embassy, it's a game. Oh. Our bad, sorry. <laughs> ah, the news organizations. Sometimes they just never get it right because they always want the story. All right, but the biggest news of this week is that Civilization Six has been announced and... Well, I'm excited, to be honest with you. I love Civilization series. Even Earth and Beyond was fun. Uh, but this one brings it back to, to its original roots. We're not going into space anymore. Space is done for. Or we just don't care right now. Probably You could probably go to space probably through the DLCs or even through this. But they're going to focus on Earth, planet Earth. Uh, some interesting things is that cities will be made up in districts. And where you place things actually matters too. So mountains could be good for... Uh, searching the stars. Uh, if you want to build walls, you have to build a quarry. Uh, so building those things actually matters as well. I'm pretty sure for horse riding, you're going to have to have a stable. So it's actually going to matter what you do for ships. Uh, having a port is, always, is also a really big factor. So placing w where you're going to put your uh, settlements is going to be a huge deal. And it's actually pretty cool and pretty strategic. I kind of like how it's doing with it. Now for units, um, there's going to be a little bit more uh, support units can be put into with other fighting units. So if you're trying to protect, you know, your settlers, they'll be, you know, surrounded by your army, not kind of like, oh, well, he went a little bit farther than my guys, so he's dead. Crap. Uh, so that's kind of a good thing because it was really difficult to, you know, 
protect your support sometimes. And it's good that, that you can kind of like put them in together and not have to actually protect them. But yeah, uh, another great thing is that AI leaders have an agenda and hopefully it's gonna be closely related to how they were because it's kind of finding the old civilizations where Ghani would just go to war with you and you're like, wait, wasn't your whole thing about nonviolence? What did you try to do diplomacy? And so uh, they're gonna try to be smarter. And so if you try to, you know, thwart some of their uh, agendas, they're not gonna be so happy, probably go to war with you Hopefully it won't be, I'm gonna go war with you in the next turn. I'm, I love you, please come back. Please trade with me. I don't know why I was doing it. I, I didn't really lose anything, but I just didn't really feel like attacking you for some odd reason. So come back. So hopefully you'll be a little bit more logical, reasonable, and not so weirdly like that. Uh, like I said, they're gonna have agendas and they could be different from the beginning to the end. But hopefully they'll be more historically accurate and so Gandhi won't be like, ah, kill everybody, but could attack you if attacked, that type of thing. Uh, another thing is multiplayer will not take all day because Civilization is a very long game and so sometimes it would take all day and sometimes I'd be like, I can't do multiplayer, it's going to be too long. I mean, single player game's too long. But that's another thing it won't take forever and a day to play it. Also, there's been a release date and it's gonna be around actually the same day as Battlefield 1. So we have options, strategy, FPS, I love both of them. So yay, gaming, yay. All right, are you looking for a new Moab? Well, Atlas Reactor has finally hit Steam Early Access and the free weekend is apparently upon us soon. I checked Steam and there just really wasn't anything at all. Uh, so I don't know. I don't really know how it's going to do, but you can still buy it. Uh, you can still buy it for 20 bucks for the early for early access if you want to, or see if you can try to get into the free weekend. I am starting to get a little bit over, a little bit overloaded with Moab games because they are like the popular thing to make and people love the strategy and it's kind of the next uh, next improvement to strategy games. Even though I love traditional strategy games, I miss having a bunch of them come out. Luckily there's some that still come out, which is great. Uh, but this is kind of the next phase in strategies. I'm hoping strategies in general just kind of make a Kind of like come back a little bit more but we'll see i mean there's some that some good ones still coming out every once in a while but just not enough to my liking where are the command conquerors i would say the starcraft but that's still actually being made where's the supreme commanders and all this other stuff that i kind of miss but it's hard for publishers to uh agree with shelling out millions of dollars to make a strategy game and then there's not really big enough community for it but like civilization's been made for quite a while and there seems to be really good community and still sells well so there's always arguments to be made for and against it it's just finding the right balance for it i think you can make a strategy game from a publisher or a developer once every year and that's would be good enough because it kind of gives you a, a very diverse portfolio and you say look at what else we made but making a new ip is always really expensive there's a lot more marketing to go involved so like i said all right, also, The Witcher 3 is coming out this month. 
May 31st, The Witcher 3, Blood and Wine. And it's going to be interesting. Uh-huh. With wine and blood. And there's going to be quite a bit of different things. There's going to be 90 new quests, 20 monsters, 100 pieces of armor, and an upgradable vineyard. New mutations. It feels like a giant thing. It's supposed to be about 30 hours of playtime. You're going to also have to beat the game once and be in a new new game plus to play it because it's supposed to be around level 62 so unfortunately since i've had to redo things i'm gonna have to really play through it to you know review this game because i'm going to speed through this um but i'm really excited unfortunately this is also bittersweet because the last expansion we're gonna get for the witcher series and i don't want it to end it's such a good series but everything, every good thing must come to an end, so it should be interesting to see what it actually brings to it. I'm sad to see what's going to happen, uh, since it is titled Blood and Wine, and they go so well together. Uh-huh. Yes, very happy for it. All right, and NVIDIA announced the NVIDIA GTX 1080, which is going to be, well, it's going to be really, really powerful, uh, about 9 teraflops per second. 8 gigabytes of GXX, and it's going to be about $600, comes out May 27th, and then there's the GTX 1070, which is going to be a little bit lower, it's going to be around 380, uh, 6.5 teraflops per second, when 8 gigs of GS, no X on there, uh, it's supposed to be mighty powerful, uh, as always, it's going to be the biggest thing also the great thing about when new cards come out the older ones go down in price too so you can see the 970 which is a great card by the way uh go down in price which then i say the 970 with four gigs of ram uh because nowadays a lot of games are gonna have to have at least four gigs or more to actually play them relatively well uh but the new one is out i'm excited to see what what the benchmarks are going to be for this this is going to be Really interesting to see what's what's all going to be. Now there is a Founders Edition, which I don't think you should really care about too much. Just care about just the regular one because Founder Editions about a hundred bucks more for it, which is weird. Uh, but I said before these are going to be the powerhouses for a while, and then we're going to have to see what AMD comes up with to kind of match with the new GTX cards. Uh, but these are probably going to be do relatively well. I don't really foresee them actually doing. 60 frames per second on 4K resolution quite yet. We're still trying to get up to that. But I do foresee a lot better improvements with uh, VR since that's the next big thing in gaming. And I'm just really excited to see the advancements. They're so fun. All right. Now, Ubisoft had, you know, you know, talked to the investors because they are a public company about things that's going to be coming up. No, they said Watch Dogs 2 is going to have a new tone. Apparently it's not going to be dark and brooding. It's going to be light and happy. Uh, it's supposed to actually be one of the best-selling games when it comes out. Uh, and it will be coming out before Ghost Recon Wildlands, which I'm actually really excited for. Um, and maybe even uh, South Park. We don't really have release dates on these for Honor as well, which looks interesting. And unannounced... Triple A new IP, ooh! Uh, but I'm actually more excited for Ghost Recon than I am for Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs, or Watch Dogs 2, I should say, because Watch Dogs was cool in some ways and it was interesting to hack things, but seriously, that guy was in so much trouble because he 
you'd be in so much trouble if you, had, if you did all that hacking and mayhem. It's fun, really fun to do that and kind of mess around, but after a while, it's kind of like, mm. Plus, people were just really upset about uh, the E3 uh, trailer and how amazing the graphics looked, and then when it actually came out, it was very dumbed down. Same thing with Witcher 3 kind of ran into that a little bit. I still think they dumbed down more for Watch Dogs than they did The Witcher 3. Uh, but I am more excited for Ghost Recon Wildlands and South Park as always because South Park was, the first one was actually pretty good. Uh, this one I foresee being even better. And Fort Honor should be interesting, but since there's always already been games kind of like that, I'm kind of a little bit kind of like, yeah. Now, they did say the Watch Dogs 2 will have innovative gameplay. I don't know what the heck that means because I think they said that about uh, The Division and that didn't really have innovative gameplay at all. It was kind of the same over and over again. Not innovative. Speaking of, The Division is hit 9.5 million registered players in Far Cry's Primal actually exceeded expectations. Uh, now, Ubisoft has said that they that active players spend an average of three hours per day in the game because they have to get good loot, and your loot drop has sucked for a while. So that's why they probably spent a lot more time. Uh, but I actually foresee that actually dropping quite a bit because I, I actually see a lot of players are getting kind of old of it. It's just really grindy. It's not as fun after a while, and you're just doing the same thing over and over again. And it feels like you're doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, you could do the same thing over and over again. That's what a lot of games do. But you can actually make it feel like you're not doing it. And that's the difference. The vision actually doesn't do that very well. You just know you're doing it. And it kind of gets old after a while. And you're kind of like, why am I playing this game anymore? Uh, the Dark Zone could have been a really great and interesting thing. Kind of became the same thing as not being in the Dark Zone. Uh, it's just... It would... The story was okay. It wasn't great. It was okay. I don't know. Killing half the city was kind of funny, too. I'm saving the city by killing a lot of you guys. How am I saving the city again? It was just... The story just didn't mess up well. It just really wasn't that great. It's only... The game is really fun with friends, and that's the only thing that's actually really fun with. So, if you have friends, by all means, use them, play with them, because that's the only way this is actually going to be fun. I still foresee uh, the vision not really doing very well after in the long run. I feel like it's just there's just too many things going wrong in the first several months or a couple months of release, and that is like the the crucial time in gaming where you get the hook of players and hopefully have them come back time and time again, and it just didn't work. Uh, there's a few games that actually work. Witcher 3 has done that for me. I keep on coming back to that game. Some Dragon Age stuff. Deus Ex does it every once in a while, which is anyone's going on in August, hopefully still, unless it's delayed, hopefully not. Uh, but those ones too. Uh, Overwatch did a little bit. Battleborn kind of, sort of. I don't know about Doom because it doesn't come out until supposedly tomorrow or a couple of hours because I'm on the West Coast time. But yeah, it should be interesting. Now, for deals, because I kind of do a bad job of that every once in a while, but deals is coming. So let's see what Steam has. All right, it has a free weekend for Imperion Galactic Survival. So if you need to survive in the Galactic, you should do that one. Arma 3, which is actually really great, is up to 80% off, and it's free. So you can try it out. Firewatch is 30% off, which was an okay game. It's not bad. It's about 14 bucks. It's pretty relatively reasonable price. 
Call of Duty Blops 3 is 40% off, so it's 35 bucks. Not a bad price for a game that is released every year. But it's free weekend. Yay, for the starter pack. So you can try it out and see if you actually like it. And if you don't, well, no harm done. None, none whatsoever. All right, for GOG and its deals, obviously there is a deal for uh, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, the Blood and Wine expansion, which is $17 instead of $20. So you save about 10% off that one. Uh, if you haven't got it, you probably should get it. Uh, oh, Uprising 2, which actually was a pretty fun game back in the day, uh, is 25% off for it's five. It's under five bucks. Uh, I would say that that, that one, I might actually have to get that one. Uh, weekly staff deals is a bunch of different stuff. Ar Arcan, which is actually pretty good uh, RPG type game, 80 days. Uh, so all those are 80 up to 80% off. So it's a good time to check things out, yeah. And that does it for Gamers Cafe for today. I'm glad you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you want to follow, please follow Digital Coffee on Twitter at DigitalCO77EE. On Facebook, Digital Coffee. Google Plus, Digital Coffee Podcast. YouTube, Digital Coffee Podcast. Instagram, Digital Coffee Podcast. And Vine, digital, Digital.Coffee. Uh, I also have a curse uh, server set up, so if you want to talk to me down there, it's, it's Digital Coffee as well. Also, for Slack, I have that as well as Digital Coffee. Also, if you like these podcasts, please, please consider supporting me on Patreon at Digital Coffee too. All right, guys, have a great weekend and keep on playing. Later.